0: It's been 10 days since George Floyd was brutally murdered.
1: How many times do we need to ask you to listen to your pleas? What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? What if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd. Floyd? If I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? I am George Floyd. I am Breonna Taylor. I am Ahmaud Arbery. I am Eric Garner. I am McDonald. I am Tamir Rice. I am Trayvon Martin. I am walter Scott. i am michael brown Jr.
0: i am samuel dubois i am frank smart i'm philip white i am jordan baker we will not be silenced we assert our
1: right to peacefully protest it shouldn't take this long to admit it.
0: so on behalf of the national football league
1: this is what we
0: the players would like to hear you state we the national, the national football, football league. league
1: condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people we, the National Football, National Football League Admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting We, the National,
0: National Football League Believe black lives matter Black lives matter Black lives matter
1: Black lives matter
0: Woke up quick at about noon That was a uh, commercial that you heard from uh, some of the most prominent players in the NFL. Welcome into the June 5th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling presented by Vibe Health Bar. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. I appreciate the tremendous week we have had here on the podcast. I welcome in all of the new listeners. I thank each and every single one of you. Uh, For being here with us during this uh, very strange, strange week. Uh, If you're new to the show and you dig what you're listening to, I really hope that you do. I know a lot of people tuned in out of curiosity uh, due to all the Grant Napier nonsense that went on earlier this week. And if you uh, dug what you're listening to, man, I hope you come back. We do this show every single day. And with the lack of local sports talk radio here in the city, uh, we've got you covered Uh, on the podcast with Damian Barling. So rate, review, uh, subscribe, tell all your friends, uh, share us on social media, as so many of you uh, have been doing. We greatly appreciate it. You want to support it. Man, your downloads are awesome, but we've got a Patreon account set up where you can get multiple episodes, including or multiple uh, exclusive podcasts as well. Uh, Be Conscious is available there, uh, as is a weekly wrestling podcast. I appreciate everyone who's checked out uh, the new podcast venture, Relive. Uh, That's off to a really, really good start. Relive with Damian Barling. If you're an old school wrestling fan or a current wrestling fan, if you were or are a wrestling fan, I think you're going to dig that. It's completely different uh, than what we're doing here. Uh, The feedback has been pretty cool, man. And I really, I'll be honest, I don't love the first episode. I like it. I loved the first episode when it was done. Like when I was finished with it, I was like, oh, this this is dope, man. This is cool. This is different. Like I'm really digging this. And then I did the second episode, I was like, okay, like I I tweaked it a little bit, I like it a little bit more, but I think the show really hit its stride uh, when I did the third episode. And this podcast is weird for me, the Relive podcast is weird for me because I have to, because of the amount of time and work that goes into each episode, I had to get, I had to get four or five of them done before I actually put it out there into the world because I need to stay ahead. It's actually uh, the only podcast that I do where it's going to be done in seasons so there's going to be 12 episodes of Relive, and then I'm going to take a break, uh, and I'm going to be working on season number two. And so it, 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 that's, it's just giving me a little buffer time, but I feel like I, hit, I, feel like I really hit my stride uh, in season number three or in episode number three about what I wanted that podcast to sound like. So I hope you'll go check that out. I realized as I was playing that audio, I realized as I was watching that video as the audio was playing. I hope people don't start writing columns about who's in the video and who's not. It just dawned on me as it was playing. It was like, okay, I notice. All right. I hope it doesn't become a, a thing. And I should have made note of every single person uh, that was in that video. But I hope it doesn't become a thing where we start examining. Well, why wasn't this person in the video? Why wasn't that person in the video? Uh, that was uh, that was a fine piece of work by the players of the NFL, it was a fine piece of work for them to call out their employer and say, "Hey, we need more from you than that statement that you put out." Uh, Martellus Bryant, or excuse me, Martellus Bennett, put out a statement. Um, it's a not suitable for work statement. Uh, it, 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 it's it's not even it's it's not even a statement. It's a uh, it was a series of tweets. Uh, I do want to read those to you but I'm going to do that later. We'll get into the Drew Brees follow up. I thought a lot about Drew Brees. One thing I'm going to do here uh that I'm going to make a strong effort to do here during the show uh, now here in season number 2 is uh, at the end of effort, every episode and and I did this yesterday and I thought it went really well and I I want to try to do this again uh today where at the end of every show we have a like like a like a segment called follow ups. And whether it's a follow up to the story we did yesterday or it's a response from you, you guys have been so active uh, on the text line the last few days. I want to make sure that I can get your thoughts out there onto the podcast as well, because this show is uh, this show is yours. Uh, It's as much yours uh, as it is mine. This is very much our show. And I want to make sure that your opinions are out there as well. So if you ever have anything you want to text day or night, no matter what episode of the show you're on, it doesn't matter if you're listening to something from a week ago, a month ago or a day ago. Uh, you could shoot your thoughts into us at 916-888-5898. Again, that's 916-888-5898. If you ever have any questions, by the way, about uh, our phone number, the email, uh, or any of the businesses that we promote here during the podcast, all of the links um, are available in the description of the podcast, as well as email addresses, phone numbers, and all of that good stuff. I thought a lot about Drew Brees yesterday, uh, but and, and and we'll save that. We'll get to that uh, in just a little bit um, can we just get through, can we just get through today without somebody doing something stupid? Just like one day where someone doesn't expose themselves as a racist. Like Jake Fromm, like what? a am what? Jake Fromm puts out a, a, like someone, someone's, I guess, I guess he pissed off the wrong person and somehow a screenshot of a, of a text thread that he was involved in or a text message exchange and, you know what? He was talking about guns and he was talking about making, I think it was suppressors, uh, super expensive. So only elite white people can buy him. Like, wait, I'm sorry. Like, who the fuck is Jake from? Wait, the, the dude for the bills, the backup quarterback for the bills who hasn't taken a snap in the NFL, that guy, you kidding me? And of course, I am extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white person in a text message. Although I never meant to imply that I am elite white person, as I later stated in the conversation, there's no excuse for the word choice and sentiment. And, then you know, he throws out there, I stand against racism 100%. I promise to commit myself to being a part of the solution in this country. Oh, Man. All right, sorry. We'll we'll deal with that later. I don't even want to deal with Jake Fromm. Like he's I ex, there are a lot more people like Jake Fromm than are willing to admit. There are a lot more people like Jake Fromm uh, that haven't gotten caught. So just to hell with him. We'll get to my thoughts on Drew Brees and why I thought so much about him yesterday. But let's 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 start, you know, I know we're a couple of minutes into the show, but let's start with something good. Let's start with something happy. We wondered whether the NBA was going to lay out the entire plan Uh, When they uh, presented their proposal, when Adam Silver uh, presented his proposal uh, to the Board of Governors yesterday, and he absolutely did. To be clear, the proposal was passed by the Board of Governors. Now the proposal has to be passed on to the Players Association. If you're even remotely concerned, don't be. This is not Major League Baseball, and this is not the NFL. And I can say with 100% certainty, hell, I think I even read it in Sam Amick's article yesterday for The Athletic. Adam Silver has been working with the Players Association to put together this proposal. There is absolutely zero chance that this proposal uh, does not pass. We are on the verge of the NBA returning, and here is the timeline uh, for all of you to make mental note of. Uh, Players will return to the market on June 21st, all players must be back in the market June 21st. That means all members of the Sacramento Kings will be back here uh, in Sacramento. And if you are a player who left and you went out internationally, you have to be back six days earlier. And I think that has something to do with the guidelines from the CDC here in the country. So uh, we've got, let's just go broad strokes. I don't know how many players here on the Kings. Uh, left the country so we'll go June 21st testing for the coronavirus begins on June 22nd training camp a very short and this is this is the one thing I don't agree with Uh, training camp begins on June 30th and it'll begin in market and then the teams will uh, travel to Orlando on July 7th so it's only about eight days of gathering it's about eight days of practice uh, and maybe not even that for some teams in their home market. I don't quite understand that. I don't quite understand why you just don't go straight to Orlando on June 30th and start and start from there. I think you you know the whole the whole Adam Silver, you know, this whole thing. I, I, you know, Sam Amick wrote a great article and he's really the only one that I read. And obviously I didn't read everything that was on the internet yesterday, but Sam Amick's article was the only one that I read where, you know, Sam was just openly like, yeah, I'm kind of concerned, you know, and I'm sure Adam Silver is worried. I'm sure there's, you know, they're going to be the first major sport. This is uncharted water, not just for Adam Silver, not just for the National Basketball Association. This is uncharted water in the world of professional sports. We have never seen anything like this. There is absolutely no model to go off. And the last week, a little bit over a week, it's felt like, you know, COVID-19 and the coronavirus hasn't existed. It's been completely knocked out of the news uh, because of George Floyd protests, uh, because of jackasses rioting. It's been, and those are two separate things, by the way, for those who are unaware. It's been, it, it, I, it said yesterday, when was the last time we heard from Dr. Fauci? We haven't, we haven't heard from him in I don't even know when. So I like I I echoed Sam Amick's sentiments. Like man, me, t- me too, Sammy. Like I'm 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 concerned about this too. And there's again, there's no model to go off in, and it's not, you know, you're Adam Silver. This is, this is about money. We know this is about money, and it's it's okay to be about money. And we'll lay out the dollar figures here uh, for you in just a minute. But let, let's finish the timeline and then we'll get into some more commentary here on it. Uh, the teams traveled to Orlando, July seventh. Season resumes July 31st. So we get meaningful, real professional basketball on July 31st. The regular season will, the, (laughs) I use quotes, the regular season uh, will conclude, I think, in a span of 16 days. Uh, There's a formula in which they're using, I think each team is going to play eight regular season games. Uh, Each team will have to play one back-to-back and uh, the NBA Finals format is expected to be games like every other day. I don't know how that's going to hold for like the playoffs. Like, I, I don't know if that's just the NBA Finals or if that's the playoffs as a whole. It's. I don't think it's a, that. That's that's not a bad. I don't think that's a bad thing to play every other day because teams aren't traveling. Um, funny enough, I heard that there's. You know, we joked about potentially sending in, like the court, like teams, like actually. Bringing a court to Orlando, and that's how you have home court. Like if the Kings sent the purple court to Orlando, that's what they played on. That's that's actually real. They're 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 really talking about doing that, uh, which just I love that because we talked about that as a joke here on the podcast, and it seems to uh, be less than a joke. So uh, real game start July thirty first. We've got the lottery. We've got the lottery on August fifteenth. Uh, if I read I read something as it pertains to the Kings. And I guess I, I I guess this would be true for Portland uh, as well. Not that any of us care about Portland or New Orleans or, or whatever. Just trying to be complete to the entire sports story here. Uh, but the other, you know, the other six teams that aren't the sixteen seeds, they can't improve their lottery odds. Uh, so whatever their lottery odds are now, that's what they're going to be uh, when. When the lottery comes around on August 15th Uh, game, seven of the NBA finals will be October 12th. The NBA draft will be three days later, October 15th free agency will be three days after that, October 18th. And the target dates, which are very, very fluid and may not remain uh, these exact dates, but They'll likely remain, barring something that shuts down the uh, resumption of the NBA season. Training camp will begin for the 2020-2021 season. And that'll be on November 10th. And then opening day for the NBA season will be on December 1st. So there it is. Like, there is our uh, NBA schedule for the next, for the next few weeks. Uh, once basketball returns on July 31st, we are going to be, again, COVID-19 still has a lot of control over our lives, whether we choose to ignore it or not. If nothing goes wrong in this restart of the NBA, if they're able to get through the regular season, if they're able to get through the postseason, and if they are able to crown an NBA champion, when basketball returns on July 31st, there is of only a just a tiny stretch of time from October 15th to November 10th where we're going to have some. Actually, it's not even on uh, the 15th. It's, it's it's October 18th. That's the last thing for the for the year, which is free agency for the calendar year, for the NBA year, I should say. Free agency October 18th, all the way up until November 10th when training camp starts. That's it. And you know how long free agency ran wild last year Well, Russell Westbrook was traded what maybe 2 or 3 weeks after free agency started so like even when it started to feel like okay it died down boom we get a big NBA story I think there's a, a I think there's a fair argument we we could even we could even go back further we could say when training camp you know this little mini training camp begins on June 30th for teams across the NBA for these 22 teams across the NBA that we've got basketball all the way until what next? We've got basketball all the way till maybe October of 2021, virtually nonstop. Uh, we talked about money, we talked about the 22 teams. I was always of the mindset the easiest thing to do would bring back the 16 teams, start the playoffs, stop worrying about the regular season. Of course, that's me saying what the Easiest thing to do. And I think everyone would acknowledge that is the easiest thing to do. Best for business, on the other hand, is still a line from uh, the authority in the WWE. If the remaining 259 regular season games had been canceled, the players were facing $645 million in lost salary. With the 22 teams and the schedule that they're playing, they're adding 88 games back into the schedule. So that reduces the collective salary loss by $300 million. I completely get it. Uh, Bobby Marks wrote for ESPN also that player paychecks, which we know they are being withheld by 25%. And if all remaining regular season games were canceled, that reduction could have gone to about 40% through November. With some of the games added back, that, Paycheck cut will be reduced significantly. So this is this is about money for the league. And, and obviously, in turn, because of the way the collective bargaining agreement works, this is money for the players. How, you know, there's been a lot of talk about particularly, and I, and I know I've talked about it. Mark Cuban, you know, has talked a lot about uh, regional television deals. That's one thing that I couldn't, that I have not been able to get a clear answer on is how this affects Regional television deals. I I don't know, like, who's going to be calling games. I don't know how games are going to be called. I don't imagine TV crews. Like, I was thinking about G-Man yesterday. G-Man can't travel to Orlando. I mean, even Adam Silver said yesterday, and, and this this understandably upset some people, or particularly the coaches, but Adam Silver said uh, he wasn't sure... You know, what coaches, you know, you know, maybe not all coaches, certain coaches may not be on the bench and it's easy. Like Greg Popovich is 71. Mike D'Antoni is 69. Alvin Gentry is 65. Terry Stotts is 62. Rick Carlisle is 60. I can't believe Rick Carlisle is 60, but those, those, that's the at risk category. And I can, and and Alvin Gentry was like, if I'm not, what are you talking about? Like I'm coaching, but like, yeah, of course I'm going to coach from the bench. Like where else am I going to coach from? That's insane. And Mike D'Antoni said something, actually Mike D'Antoni didn't. Mike D'Antoni's agent said something similar. He's like, "Yeah, he, Mike's Mike's health is is good. He's been he's been trying to keep his, you know, system strong like he's he's going to coach." Like you can't And and I agree with those guys. I understand Adam Silver has to recognize you can't take that away from these guys. Like if, if you're going to just by restarting the league, and this is why I originally didn't think it was going to restart, but right. But by restarting the league, Adam Silver has taken a lot of risks. This could, you know, we thought the Donald Sterling situation could, you know, what less than a year into the Adam Silver's reign as commissioner. We thought a year in this could define his legacy. And I'd argue to this point that maybe it has. I mean, that was swift, and that was aggressive action. Okay, well, you know how the news cycle works. We're past that now. We've had collective bargaining peace. We've had labor peace, as they say. Well, this is going to be the defining moment of Adam Silver's career right here. No matter what Adam Silver did with Donald Sterling and collective bargaining agreements in the past, no matter what Adam Silver does with racist owners, coaches, or collective bargaining agreements or other PR issues for the league moving forward. I can't envision a bigger a bigger moment in Adam Silver's tenure than having to figure out a way to restart his league, save about $300 million for his league, his owners, and his players all while keeping everybody safe. Adam Silver is assuming a risk here. He's putting his players at risk. He's putting his coaches at risk, and he's putting the league at risk. And I don't know that anybody is going to trash the NBA for attempting to return. Somebody has to attempt to return in terms of the world of sports. You've got businesses all over the city of Sacramento. You've got businesses all over the world that are attempting, or all over the country, excuse me, that are attempting some type of return to normalcy. Well, that's what the NBA is trying to do. And Adam Silver's got to understand that with that, he's, he's... He's assuming a risk here and he's got to allow these coaches to assume that same risk. I understand the other thing that Adam Silver is trying to do is protect uh, this restart, protect his players, protect his league, protect his coaches as much as possible, which is why we're not seeing 30 teams return. It's why we're seeing 22 teams return, which is also why I don't think they're going to send broadcasting teams there. I think they'll have a very, very, very limited number of secluded uh, sequestered, quarantined media there. But they're going to have to pick. I, I assume the way this will work is a, an NBA, you know, NBA Summer League type style in terms of broadcasters. If you've ever watched Summer League, you know, it's just the same, you know, handful of broadcasters that kind of go from game to game to game. And the way games are going to work, they're going to be in the same arena. Like, there's going to be games in the middle of the day. There has to be. Because there's going to be a, a stretch of of uh, four hours, between the time a game ends to the time the next game starts. And that's to account for potential overtimes. They want to, they basically want to sanitize the court. They want to sanitize the benches, the seats that everybody is sitting on. They're going through this like deep cleaning process between every game. And I don't think you're ushering out media. I don't think you're ushering out, uh, you know, g-man and 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 play-by-play people and color people i don't think you're doing any of that in an entire tv crews and producers no i i think you just you have one and that's the is it a remote camera like how is this all we, we that's one aspect of this i guess it's the, and maybe that's not entirely up to the nba maybe the nba is going to work with espn and nba tv into into how this is going to be presented so we speculated on potential like remote broadcast like the G-Man calls the game from here, and it airs on the radio. Or uh, maybe a TV crew, and I don't know what that TV crew is going to look like. Maybe Coes and Doug, or, or, or someone who knows the team, Jason Ross and Doug, Deuce and Doug, someone who, who, you know, people who know the team, who don't have to get, you know, acquainted with, with, with who is on the Sacramento Kings roster. They're calling it from a feed that's airing on NBC Sports. I, this it's 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 completely unprecedented. We have no idea what we're about to see, absolutely none. But I respect that Adam Silver. I mean, I mean, you have to respect that Adam Silver is doing his best to limit the risk of the return to his, you know, the return to play. But I don't think you can take coaches off the bench. I don't think you can. I don't think you can do that because removing Greg Popovich or Mike D'Antoni or Alvin Gentry or any of those guys, it's unfair to the Mavericks. It's unfair to the Trailblazers. It's unfair uh, to 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 the to the Pelicans and into the Rockets and to the Spurs, like it's not you can't do that. You just can't. You you can't put them in the. You can't do the football gimmick where you put. You can't put them in a suite with a, with a headset. That just doesn't seem right to me. It like what and what all of the assistants have headsets on, or is there like a Bluetooth speaker? I I don't I don't know. I don't like this. I don't. I and, and I don't know that Adam Silver has run that past anybody or if it was just a question he was asked. He said this on NBA TV. I I don't know if that was a question he was asked, and that was the answer he came up with in the moment. And to be fair to what Adam Silver said, he said certain coaches may not be on the bench. Like, might. Like, we're thinking about it. Like, we are aware of the, you know, the age concerns. You know, I I mentioned the G-man a minute ago. You can't send the G-man to Orlando, man. Come on. Not not in this. I love the G-man as much as everybody else, but he's a... No, man. He's, he's, He's well above the... That at risk category, you can't send them out there into this to this bubble. There's going to be very aggressive testing. Uh, those, are, uh, you know, other things people have asked about. There's going to be very aggressive testing that's going to be done uh, every single day. Uh, we mentioned this as a footnote yesterday that there the eight teams who would not be returning. Many of them were concerned. Like, Man, this is a, a really long stretch that we're going to be going without, you know, being able to be around our players. And it looks like uh, the NBA is attempting to organize some sort of, I don't know, OTAs, you know, organized team activities here, uh, either, you know, while the league is going on, you know, sometime during the summer, or maybe they have training camps at the same times that the other teams have training camps. But at some point, uh, it is expected that those eight teams will be allowed to return to their home facilities and have some sort of. Again, OTA, some t- sort of organized team uh, activities. These regular season games will count uh, towards regular season totals. Uh, it's just going to be, you know, people have said this for weeks now. There's going to be an asterisk on the season. There is. Uh, there's just, there's no way around it. Uh, there's absolutely no way around it. Uh, the NBA is expected to be aggressive in moving up dates to start playoff series as well when the previous rounds come to an end. So normally what happens for television purposes is game 1 of the western conference finals starts on this day no matter what it used to drive people crazy game 1 of the western conference finals starts on thursday and they would do that on thursday so we could get the you know we could get a sunday game or you know we could get two really you know primetime games on thursday and sunday or or whatever the case may be and the series before would have ended like last saturday and it'd be like it ended in four games instead of seven, and so now we've got to wait seven days before before basketball resumes. That's not going to be the case anymore. If the if the Western Conference semifinals were to end on a Wednesday, we would see the start of the Western Conference Finals significantly sooner. So there's no locked in dates, which is smart, which and in, in, in it makes complete sense because everything is done for television purposes, and t- in in ESPN and and ABC and 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 TNT, they can build out their programming from there those entities got nothing to build out, you know, we're, we're, we're airing, you know, law and order episodes or, or whatever on TNT and uh ESPN is Aaron, you know, I, I was, I was watching like a I was watching a Celtics heat game from, I don't know how many years ago, a couple of days ago. No, how I don't know. I think I, I think I just turned the TV on. So the dogs had sound while I was working in the front room. I was like, Oh, this is the Celtics heat. I wonder what the I wonder what the ramifications of this game were. I didn't even remember it. So ESPN point point in all of that was ESPN doesn't have to worry about moving its programming around because the programming is inconsequential. So if you know a game only goes a series only goes four games, start the next series. And they have that flexibility. Uh the Trailblazers were the only team to vote no uh, on this uh restart. It passed 29 to 1. Uh, the reason they say the Trailblazers said the the they, the the reason they say they said no was they just they, there were other proposals that they liked more. I don't know which one. It's not that they didn't want to compete. It's not that their players didn't want to be there. It was just that they thought there were there were better there were better proposals out there that there needed to be better proposals out there because as I as we mentioned this regular season it doesn't influence lottery odds and so if. If the Trailblazers don't make the playoffs, they don't, it, it, it does it, like they get, they, they pretty much get nothing out of this. Like they don't improve their lottery odds and they don't make the playoffs. So I, I think there were, I think those bubble teams, I guess for example, those six teams were looking at this like, uh, is, there, is there any incentives like if we lose? And there's very much not. And then there's the play in games. So the way the play-in games work, and this is this confu- this is a bit confusing. So I'm really hoping I'm relaying this correctly. We know right now that the Sacramento Kings are three and a half games back from Memphis. If the regular season comes to an end and the Sacramento Kings are three games back from the Memphis Grizzlies, and they're the ninth seed, which brings up, you know, just there's there's a lot to discuss here with this. But if they're the ninth seed, then they're gonna play, I'm gonna assume, Memphis. Okay, they're gonna play Memphis. And the Kings, as the ninth seed, would have to beat Memphis twice. Memphis, as the eighth seed, would only have to beat the Kings once. Got that? What I'm unclear of is what happens if the Kings and the Blazers are both three games back. What if the Kings and the Pelicans or the Pelicans and the Spurs, they're both three games back. Well, what do you do? How, like, is there, are we going full baseball? Like, is there a play to the play in? I mean, how does this work? Or are we going, okay, what's the first tiebreaker? Okay, what's the second tiebreaker? Okay, what's the third tiebreaker? Like, are we, are we breaking these ties through tiebreakers or are we actually going, you know, the baseball route? And are we playing a play in game or a play in to the play in game? You know the Kings aren't in a bad position, man. They're really not. They're really not in a terrible position here. Uh, that that you know, if if they can just if they, if they can continue to and this is this I guess this is just the weird part to all of this. Like once you lay out all of the semantics, once you lay out all of the details, once you you know lay out this is essentially this is essentially the start of a brand new season. These guys haven't played basketball since March eleventh and i know you know some guys have you know courts and some guys don't i know some guys have access to gyms and some guys don't that's not what i mean i mean these teams have not been together so what the kings were doing before the break doesn't matter i would like for it to matter but it doesn't what the pelicans were doing or what the spurs were doing or the blazers or the lakers or the clippers or the celtics or the, none of it matters it's like by the time an actual game is played what was that? Four months. It'll be. It'll be four and a half months. I mean, if we were to, if we operate on a regular NBA schedule, this would be, you know, the equivalent of the regular season ending in April and then the playoffs starting in August. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is. <laughs> There's no consequence. It's a you know what you know what a good relation is. I just I just thought of this. I haven't vetted this, so if it's stupid, feel free to tell me. You know how like the the SEC championship and 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 and, and you know the college football playoff series and all of this stuff. It's it's like set in November, but the game doesn't get played until January like January 14th, like it's this long, it's like 45, 50 days. And you wonder, like, what does it even matter? I remember Ohio State, I remember the year Troy Smith won the MVP. I think they played, or the, uh, the MVP, the Heisman Trophy. I think they played, yeah, I don't remember if it was LSU that year or Florida. But as the Heisman Trophy winner, Troy Smith, had to go to all of these banquets and dinners and he was, you know, making round and round and round of interviews. And by the time the game rolled around, Ohio State was dead. They were the hottest team in college football. They were unstoppable. And, and they weren't. That's kind of what it feels like. And but it But like to the 10th degree, because if it's... 45 days since you know if it's 45 days between the announcement of the college football you know playoff or, or you know back in the day you know several years ago the announcement of the, the the national championship that's 45 days I think the break between March 11th and July 31st I think it's 84 days if I if I had that right saw in one of these articles So it's it uncharted waters, man. This is new. This is new for all of us. I don't know how this is going to be. I mean, I I guess we'll just you know wait. I guess we wake. I guess it takes the place of baseball. We wake up and we watch midday basketball games. And I don't know how this pertains to um, the playoffs either. I think there are four courts. Let me. I, I feel like I noted this somewhere. There will be four hours between games on each individual court to accommodate overtimes. Okay, so the league will be using three courts in the complex. So there's three different courts for them to be playing on. So there shouldn't be like a delay when the playoffs get here. You know, there's probably going to be a a slow run during the, during the regular season. There's probably going to be really early games uh, in the regular season. But once the playoffs get here with three different courts, I think that'll be able to accommodate like a Uh, A five o'clock start like we would like we would regularly for the playoffs, you know, like uh, an Eastern Conference game starting at five o'clock, a Western Conference game starting uh, at seven o'clock. One thing that I didn't read, but someone told me is I don't think there's any like realignment here. I don't think there's a one through 16. It's still a one through eight. So if 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 let's just say things hold uh, in the Grizzlies wind up being the eight seed, it's going to be the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. It's not going to be, uh, you know, the Bucks versus, you know, the Grizzlies or the Bucks versus, I, I don't remember who the eighth seed is, uh, Orlando maybe in, in the Eastern Conference. Oh, there's another note, but it, it's, I, I, this is a, a, a funny little footnote, I think from Sam, or, or I don't remember if it was Sam or it was Ramona Shelburne, but uh, Orlando, the, the Magic, they're, they're a part of the 22 teams. They, don't, they can't go home. Like they have to stay in the bubble. So they're 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 even though they're in their home market they have to stay with the rest of the NBA teams. They can't leave the complex. And when I say they can't leave the complex, I mean they can't like they can't sleep at home, they can't go home, they can't, you know, well they could probably go home because you're allowed to you're allowed to go to dinner in front of what I understand you're allowed to like you're allowed to leave the complex. But that's a bit like I'm I'm still a bit unclear as to how all of that works and I'm still a bit unclear as to how coronavirus testing works. I know the testing is a lot, a lot, a lot further along than it was on March 11th, not just in terms of, you know, the accuracy, not just terms of the availability, but the accuracy is not like 100%. Like there's still, and, and I think I heard Dana White say this to Dan Patrick yesterday, you know, once we get, you know, once we get like the, the right, the, like the perfect test, we're going to be testing our guys like every day, you know, all day as we try to get these fight cards off the ground. Uh, But right now, we're just kind of working with what we have. And we think we have the best testing that the country has. It's just the best testing that the country has isn't exactly the best yet. So if you, you know, and I guess this is part of why you're testing every day. If you get exposed on a Monday, you might not test positive on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. You might not test positive till a Thursday or Friday. And so there's two, you know, two other notes here that I think are really, really worth paying attention to. One, is there a player of significant ramifications? A, you know, there aren't many LeBron-type players, but let's say a, an all-NBA-type player on one of these 22 teams. Or, or, or maybe just a, a high-caliber NBA all-star that goes, I don't think I want to go. I don't think I want to do this. This doesn't feel right. I've got newborns at home, or you know, I I I want to be able to see my family. I don't want to, you know, I want to be able to go see my parents without putting them at risk, or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm just throwing things out. Is there a player of that caliber that says I don't think I want to do this? I feel like, you know, as they had that super, you know, we, we we recall the superstar conference call. I think as part of the superstar conference call wasn't just. Well, what do all of the big stars think? What does LeBron and and Russ and, and and Katie? What do all of the and Steph, what do these what do these big dogs think? I think it was also, hey, what do you guys think? Okay. How does your team feel? Like how do your teammates feel? Have you talked to your teammates about this? Like what if or the, the the league you know Steph what if what if we had said that the Golden State Warriors are coming back is everybody on board for this who is 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 anybody nervous about returning is anybody uncomfortable about the testing procedures that have been lined up I assume because I think the NBA is a more well-oiled machine than Major League Baseball is and then the NFL is and don't I, I understand the NBA has had their work stoppages and their work stoppages weren't that long ago but I still believe especially with Adam Silver at the helm because he's a little bit he's a lot less combative than David Stern is just different types of leadership. Nothing wrong with one or the other, just different styles. I think Adam Silver has kept, I think Adam Silver has been in concert with Chris Paul and with the players association. as they've built out this recommendation for the board of governors, and I think that's why it got passed yesterday. And that's why it's going to pass with the players association. So I wonder if these players have talked to their teammates about like, Hey, we all good with this. I got to imagine everybody on the Blazers, the Pelicans, you know, the, 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 those team, the Kings, the teams that were on the, you know, the verge are like, yeah, let's do. We've got a chance. I don't know if we had a chance to to make up three and a half games, but if you're the Kings and you're the, you know, you're you're all of those teams in the Western Conference, even the Suns are in the conversation now. All you got to do is, I don't know where how far the Suns are, but if you're all of the other teams, Spurs, Pelicans, Blazers, Kings, you got to make up like half a game. Again, like how you deal with four teams that might be three games back from the Memphis Grizzlies when it comes to that playing game is it, it's it, I don't know if it's yet to be determined, or I don't know if it's yet to be conveyed, or I don't know if I just missed it and didn't see it, in which may may very well have been possible because there was a, you know some articles had an extended amount of information in it, some articles just had you know some information with some thoughts on it. But I, I, I tried to make sure we were we were caught up on everything. But as this plays out over the next couple of days, man, it'll be, I I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm excited basketball's coming back. I'm excited the Kings are getting, I'm excited. I'm, I am excited that we get to talk about the Kings. I don't know what they're going to be able to do here. I don't know what this is going to look like. Again, it's uncharted waters. It's uncharted waters for the NBA. It's uncharted for uh, NBA teams and players. It's uncharted waters for us as fans. There's really no telling what this is going to look like. It could be amazing. It could suck. We could have games finishing, you know, you know, one of the, the, the most standout things to the last dance was seeing and remembering that final scores were, you know, 86 to 81. Hearing that the Utah Jazz were the highest scoring team in the NBA and they were scoring 100 points per game. I could be wrong. I, didn't, I, I, I don't have the number directly in front of me. It probably wouldn't take long for me to pull it up. If you're new to the show, it's always really awesome when I'm clearly looking something up on the show and trying to stall for time, as I'm doing now. But I believe uh, uh, 100 points per game in the league in 2019-2020 would be good for dead last. And I am 100% accurate on that. The Charlotte Hornets right now are last in points per game. They're at 102.9. The Utah Jazz, in that final year on the last dance, was at 97-98, led the league in points per game at 100. The leading, the team who scores the most points per game, obviously the team that has uh, beaten everybody, they have the biggest point differential in the league, uh, plus 11.2. They're also the best team in the league. By the way, the Bucs had lost three straight. Remember the Bucs were injured? Maybe this, is, maybe this is a storyline that is being covered heavily in Milwaukee, and it's just one that we haven't talked about because we don't need to. But the Bucs had lost three in a row. because I was under the belief that the Bucks were going to win 70 games. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they dropped one. Didn't expect them to drop one. Oh, they dropped another one. Okay, maybe they're not going to win 70 games. And then they dropped the third one, and now they're sitting at 53-12. and 12. And they were hurt. They had injuries. And the Bucs are... The Bucks are coming back healthy now. Hmm. Man, how did what well, you know? How did the Lakers do? We heard that LeBron James was doing uh, you know, responsible workouts with his team. How about the Raptors? Could the Raptors sneak in and seriously win a second straight NBA championship? The Raptors again not discussed. They're forty six and eighteen. They're the third best team in the league. They're just behind the Lakers. They're better than the Clippers. They're better than the Nuggets. They're better than the Celtics. Could they sneak in and grab a second straight NBA championship? Who's a dark horse to win the NBA championship this year? If, you know, if this restart is just like, oh my gosh, how does this play out? Oh, could someone jump in there? I am going to hit myself in the face the moment the podcast is over. But I will throw this out there. What about the Houston Rockets? Houston Rockets like to run. They've gotten a nice little amount of rest. Remember, Russell Westbrook was injured. He was dealing with a hand injury all year long. That's why he stopped shooting. I don't know. What about it? Could the Rockets do it? My man Brad at the Kings Herald had a great tweet. I think it was this weekend when the, when the spaceship went up or the rocket went up. And he said James Harden is really confused about seeing a successful rockets mission in May. Oh, so good. Oh, so I I I probably messed up the, the way he tweeted it, but you get the gist of it. That was such a good line. I thought that was fantastic. I wish I wish I was witty on Twitter. Like I'm not witty. I I wish I could. I wish I could think of something that quick and I'm just not. That ain't me, man. Any chance the 76ers bounce back? Any chance at all? 76ers have had a super disappointing season. Is 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 Brett Brown's job safe because of all of this? Or what about a successful? Because I've always been on the extent, and, and I think before the season went to hell, we talked about this. There are a couple of teams that are championship or bust, like no other outcome is acceptable other than Winning a championship or or maybe in, in some cases other than being in a championship like Mike D'Antoni, does Mike D'Antoni have to win the NBA championship is getting to the finals of an enough is falling short of the NBA finals. Ultimately what leads to Mike D'Antoni's dismissal this off season? does the fact we only have a month between what would be the last game of the NBA finals and the start of training camp. Is that a deterrent from teams now? Not every team is going to be playing till October you know, 15th or 12th or whatever that, that, that day I just said to you was that was the last game of the NBA Finals. Uh, not only two teams are going to be playing there. Last game of the NBA Finals, October 12th. But, I mean, if Philly is eliminated in the first round, do they make the decision to get rid of Brett Brown? If Houston is eliminated in the first round, do they make the decision to get rid of you know Mike D'Antoni? Because those are two teams that I thought were championship or bust. You've got to get to the finals. You at least have to get to the finals. Man, and I really think if you're Philly, you got to win. And I don't think Philly's winning the NBA finals. I but I also know that this is all different. Philly could be an entirely different team than what we saw during the first part of the regular season. Houston's not a bad team. You know, they just have their playoff they have a playoff stigma. You know, Harden has it. I've, you, I mean, if you're new to the show, I am a Russell Westbrook stan. I stand hard for Russ. I'm A1 Russell Westbrook fan club. I know his shortcomings, though. And I know his shortcomings also uh, often happen in the playoffs. So I, I recognize what that is. Could Dallas, like, seriously sneak in and win the, win the NBA championship? Or Denver, a team that we haven't been thinking about? are talking about could Boston do it. Boston is certainly good enough to do it. They've certainly got the players to do it. They're a team that I absolutely expect to be in the NBA finals in the next couple of years. 100%. But that's, that's us operating off of what we saw four months ago or three months ago. Well, what's going to happen now? Well, we're going to find out here pretty soon when teams uh, resume training camp coming up uh, in just a couple of days. Uh, I mentioned the Jake Fromm thing. Eh, I don't know. Again, can we just go a day? Can we just go a day without someone who like absolutely sucks? I mentioned I thought a lot about Drew Brees yesterday, which I know is a it's a weird ass sentence. Um, can I? I, I want to read to you. I would like to read to you Martellus Bennett's string of tweets that he put out. Uh, It's not suitable for work, uh, but I would like to read it verbatim. So that's just kind of my uh, parental advisory label that I'm putting on this next, like, minute and a half. I would like to read it verbatim because I think it's important. And I was curious, you know, when Drew Brees spoke yesterday, I've actually been curious. Like, what is, you know, Martellus Bennett is a guy who's been active. He's been active in his communities, uh, and he's been active in the movement, if you will. And Drew Brees, you know, issued an apology yesterday, uh, you know, right as we were getting ready to record, I I think he even recorded a video. I'll see if I can pull that up for you here uh, as we're talking as well. Uh, But I thought a lot about it. And, you know, as a, oh, by the way, you know, as as this is all happening, you know, over on Fox News, let's recall when LeBron James uh, spoke out uh, in, in Fox News's reaction. It's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year To bounce a ball oh and lebron and kevin you're great players but no one voted for you millions elected trump to be their coach so keep the political commentary to yourself or as someone once said shut up and dribble who said "shut up and dribble"? By the way, I thought. I thought. By the way, Laura Ingram is this she's the shit that you scrape off the bottom of your shoe. So I put zero stock into what she has to say. She's talking to her audience. She's talking to the MAGA audience. She's one of the Fox News bimbos who goes out and does her thing. That's fine. That was her reaction to LeBron James and Kevin Durant. What's her reaction to Drew Brees? Well, he's allowed to have his view about what kneeling and the flag means oh. to him. I mean, he's a person. He has some worth, I would imagine. I mean, this is beyond football though. This is totalitarian total, totalitarian conduct. Don't use words. This is words. Stalinist. And by the way, on the streets of New Orleans, we're looking at live pictures, they're yep. shouting F Drew Brees. Wow. That's what that's, amazing that's what me. this moment has done to the beautiful team is, spirit of the New Orleans. This Saints. is a great he's a great <laughs> Dear God, man. What the hell? Are you kidding me? Like it's not. They don't even try to hide it anymore. Like they're. It's. It's. They're not even. They're not even hiding it. Like it's. It's. It's just pretty out there. Like hey, yeah, we hate black athletes. Oh, we hate black athletes talking. But if you're a white athlete, that's ah, cool, bro. Uh, I want to get to Bennett's tweet here uh, in just a minute, and I know, I know, I said. When season two started, I was gonna—I was—I I was really gonna tone down on the language. Can it? Can we make a different agreement? I'll tone down the language, like when the world like goes back to something where like black people aren't getting shit on by white athletes on a daily basis. Can we do that? I mean, I expect Fox News to do it, but the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Drew Brees issued an apology at at the start of yesterday's podcast. Uh, He issued a second apology, this one in video form, because he wanted us to see him as he apologized. Here's Drew Brees.
1: I know there's not much that I can say that would make things any better right now, but I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments that I made yesterday. I know that it hurt many people, especially friends, teammates, former teammates, loved ones, people that I care and and respect deeply. That was never my intention. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart in regards to the George Floyd murder, Ahmaud Arbery, the years and years of social injustice, police brutality, and the need for so much reform and change in regards to legislation, and so many other things to bring equality to our black communities. I am sorry and I will do better and I will be part of the solution and I am your ally. And I know no words will do that justice.
0: That's going to happen. So that's, that's, that's the gist of it. Cut off there. But, um, I, I still really love, I love Drew. Drew Brees is a phenomenal quarterback. I don't, he still didn't say it. It's like he couldn't, This is two different apologies. Two different apologies from Drew Brees. And he couldn't bring himself to say, I was wrong about what Colin Kaepernick was doing. What is it about that freaking national anthem that drives people so nuts? What is it about just acknowledging, I get it. It's not about the military, it's not about the flag. It's not about any of that stuff. I get what Cap was doing. Why is it so hard for people to acknowledge? Why are people willing to acknowledge acknowledge injustices to, to, to George Floyd? Why are people willing to acknowledge that what happened to him was wrong? Why are people willing to acknowledge, uh, acknowledge that that what happened to Aubrey in in, in, in Georgia was a hate crime? What happened to Breonna Taylor was wrong. Why are people suddenly willing to go all over their social media accounts and post police? You know how how little police give a shit about black people right now? They're beating the crap out of white people. Like, think about that. There are white people trying to stand in concert with this Black Lives Matter movement and police are beating the shit out of them. That's how bad things are right now. I know everybody. You had to have seen the video of the police shoving that elderly white man to the ground. Like, he busted his. He's bleeding. His head is busted open on the concrete. They just walk past. They just, one guy goes to, a cop goes to check on him and his jerk off teammate pulls him away and has him keep walking. Yo, what is this? This is, ri- and of course, police right now, those people who are out there, uh, you know, in the streets, and I'm not talking about a blanket statement to police officers. I'm about to, I'm talking about those police officers that are in cities who are monitoring these protests, they're stated, they're they're government-enabled thugs, they're government-enabled missionaries right now. That's all that they are. Donald Trump has co-signed on police acting like that. Donald Trump is attempting to, if not successfully, has started a race war. That's that is where we're at. And we're at the point where if you're white, you're gonna get the crap beat out of you too. Two apologies later, and Drew Brees still want to acknowledge why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling. What is it about him that people just can't acknowledge that they were wrong on? People will go to their effing graves and not acknowledge they were wrong about him. My hand to God by the time our lives are over. By the grace of God, we all live long and healthy lives. Colin Kaepernick is going to be mentioned in the same breath as Muhammad Ali. The tone on him is going to change because people are going to be, much like Muhammad Ali, don't ever fool yourself into believing Muhammad Ali was some sort of hero in the 1960s. He was despised. He was one of the most hated individuals on the planet. He was the second most hated person in America next to Martin Luther King and he was by far the most hated athlete in the world. Believe it or not, being the heavyweight champion in boxing used to really, really mean something. It doesn't mean anything now and I couldn't even begin to tell you who the heavyweight champion is or who the six different heavyweight champions are. But in the 60s, it mattered. You were the most recognizable athlete in the world and Muhammad Ali was that and he was also the most hated. He wasn't the most hated athlete in the world. He was the most hated athlete in this country. But the tone on him changed when people realized he was right. And I guess four years into it, Drew Brees, one, won't acknowledge what Kaepernick was doing and why he was doing it. And sure as hell won't acknowledge that he was right for doing it. As I mentioned, I wanted to, to read uh, Martellus Bennett's tweet to you. And I realize my language has got a little bit out of control. So please, one, forgive me for that. Two, be aware of what I'm about to read. I'd like to do it verbatim. Uh, let's not be ignorant. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew talking about protesting the military when taking a knee. It's been forever long. How the fuck do you still not know what your black brothers are fighting for? You get in front of millions on your platform and give an ignorant statement, fucking up the message dudes have lost their jobs fighting for you and your friends need to take your knees off the necks of your black teammates and stand for something. Sports media folks play a role in the framing of negative narratives around black players too. A lot of you motherfuckers are racist as well. Black quarterbacks have to do every fucking thing right. Baker Mayfield and his white privilege allows him to do whatever he wants. Quote, this kid has so much swagger. What well, the fuck he doesn't? If a black quarterback did any of that and lost the narrative, wouldn't be the swagger. It would be unfocused, not serious. He goes on. Look, I'm happy they're saying something. But when they had a chance to make a big play for their black teammates and colleagues, most of them remained silent, showed ignorance, or didn't say anything of importance when it was really needed. Funny thing is that if the white guys I showered with, slept next to, shitted next to, counted on et cetera, et cetera would never speak up for me, how can I ever expect the white folks I never spend any time with to do so also? You can't tell me Joe judge is more primed and ready to lead a team to a championship than Eric B uh, so there's you know th- th- there's a lot more they get you know he 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 goes on to say, I know y'all applaud them uh, for. I know y'all applaud them for their statements when y'all crucified every athlete that said something by protesting in the beginning. Uh, Locking arms was always stupid. There was no risk in locking arms. It was no different than these corporate Black Lives Matter statements. So that's Martellus Bennett there. Uh, He said, and Fangio saying there's no racism in the league is sitting on an elephant and telling me it's a horse. All these coaches with white daddy syndrome in the league and uh, football, period, Uh, Talking down to black players in a way they would never do to a white player. Know what's wrong. then want to turn around and tell me I'm hard on you because I love you. Like you're my son as an excuse. I was trying to clean up some of the typos that Bennett had in there. So if I if I missed a couple, please do forgive me. But that was uh, Martellus Bennett's statement. And I was curious what he was going to have to say about all of this. So that's why I, I shared it with you. I don't know what to make of this. Uh, Kanye West was at uh, the Chicago protest yesterday. Uh, he has donated $2 million to the families of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, and Breonna Taylor. Uh, the donation includes funding for legal freeze for um, the Aubrey family uh, and Taylor's families, along with black owned businesses in crisis in Chicago. Um, he's also established a uh, 529 education plan to fully cover college tuition for Gianna Floyd, who is the six year old daughter. Of George Floyd, uh, I have my feelings about Kanye West, uh, a lot of them, a whole lot of them, uh, but I think uh, you know a lot of people like to take, they like to take stuff people do, uh, and put a blanket on it. And I'm just going to look at this as an individual act uh, rather than you know say you know you're kind of responsible for a lot of this. Certainly, Kanye West is not responsible for police brutality, uh, but I don't know, man, it's. I don't know what to say to you if you support Trump. And I understand, like, you, most of the people who... I, I know there are a few that do, because you have reached out to me and we've had respectful conversations. I just, I've lost... I don't know what to say. Like, if you still... After three years, three and a half, I, I don't know what to say to you. How do you not see it? One follow-up. I know this show was going a little bit long. One quick follow-up here. I had asked... I, I had said yesterday that... Um. This felt different. It felt like, for some reason, the George Floyd death seemed to hit differently than deaths in the past. And you listen to that, you listen to that audio I aired at the beginning from all of those NFL players uh, mentioning the names of people who have died at the hands of, of, of police violence. It's like this one. This one was different, and I got a great text yesterday that I, I didn't think of, and I don't even know who to to, to credit it to because it, the, the, the name isn't saved in my phone. I think it's a relatively new texter, so I appreciate this text. I'm sorry. You, when you text, if you if you're texting for the first time, make sure you include your name. I save everybody's name in my phone so I know who's texting, and so can I, I can address you properly and give you credit uh, when uh, when I uh, share your text here on the show. Uh, But I asked, you know, why, you know, why has this one hit different? And I thought this was a great response that I hadn't thought of. One, we acknowledged Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, one after the other, after the other into George Floyd has led to a, a certain sense of I'm fed up with all of this. But there was another factor involved, and I thought this was a great text. And it said the reason this one feels different amongst police and everybody else is because George Floyd's death played out over nine minutes. Watching the officer smirk as Floyd pleads for his life is what set people over the top. It's why police chiefs around the country are responding the way they are. When you look at Stephon Clark, even though I believe the decision was wrong, it was was a snap decision. And cops make snap decisions all the time, and oftentimes they make the wrong one. This, this wasn't a snap decision. That's a great point, and it's one that I honestly hadn't thought of. The amount of time in which... That death played out on video is obviously a lot different than what happened to Stefan Clark. It's a lot different than what happened to Michael Brown. It's a lot different to what happened to uh, than, than what happened to uh, you know countless people across the country here at this point. Most of them catch it on video. He wasn't shot in the back. It was an incision. It was nothing like that. It was a man who was handcuffed face first on the ground for several several, several minutes, uh, pleading for his life and that officer uh, keeping his knee in his neck and not responding. That's a great text. And I appreciate that. Uh, 916-888-5898. That's the number you can connect here with the show. Again, I appreciate all the support this week. I appreciate all listeners new and old uh, being a part of the show here. I hope you come back next week, man. We're getting closer and closer to actually having sports to talk about, which is just absolutely a phenomenal thing to think about. Uh, It was a unique week here uh, on the podcast. I appreciate everyone. Again, if you tuned in for the first time, I hope you dug what you're listening to. Uh, Please rate and review the show. If you got some free time here this weekend and you want to check out Relive with Damian Barling, go check that out as well. If you dig that, let me know. Even if you don't dig it, let me know. What what things do you want to be better? Uh, What matches would you like to see covered in season number two? Those are always good texts to send. Uh, And if you would be so kind, if you're new to the show, rate and review it, particularly there on Apple Podcasts. That goes a very, very Long way for us. You don't even have to leave the app to do it. Just go over to where you subscribe to me from. Hit the five stars. If you got an extra 60 to 90 seconds to leave a review, that would be fantastic as well. There's a protest tomorrow at the Golden One Center. It's beginning at 10 a.m. If anyone wants to go, I'm going to be there. Just shoot me a text message. Uh, Let me know that you're there. It's 916-888-5898. We can meet up uh, and we can march together uh, in solidarity with the people here in our country. So that's tomorrow. That's Saturday. Uh, at the Golden One Center if you want to be a part of that. Have a great weekend. Be safe, uh, and we'll see you here Monday on the podcast with Damian Barling.